Welcome into the Reform Life and Church podcast. I'm your host, Eric Madden, and with me is... And hello, I'm Chris Goins. All right. This podcast... It's been quite a it, while since we've done this. Right? It's, it's been a hot minute. Maybe 10. <laughs> oh, something like that. Well, at least for me. Yeah. But this podcast, it's all about life, faith... Everything in between. And basically the idea is kind of reforming that into making it, if you're a believer, which I'm sure we'll have you know, unbelievers and people who aren't Christians who are listening, but those who are Christians, getting ourselves back to a, a well-rounded biblical foundation in, in our life, in our faith, in our churches, and whatever. So we'll talk about anything from pastoral leadership to being a member of a church to raising kids relationships you know whatever whatever it is we'll we'll do it but today we're going to be talking about when they can't let go and that is oh it sounds like something that sounds like something you and i've been bit with uh some time or two yeah and the whole concept of, of they can't let go it's it's simply people in the church have this i don't want to say concept i'd say a bad habit wouldn't you that's a little combination of both, really. Yeah, it's a strong belief. A strong belief that the only people who don't have a past is them, and and if another Christian does have a past, or if a a pastor has a past, then shame, shame on them. But the reality is, everybody yeah. has a past. Yes, indeed. You know, one of the greatest examples. Uh, Brandy and I were talking the other day. One of the greatest examples of a past was uh, Saul. Even before his uh, conversion into Paul, you know, he uh -huh. had quite a past. He was, while he never laid a hand to a Christian, he was in charge of having them put to death for their belief in Christ. Right. And, but yeah. even, even with, with Saul and Paul, like you, you think back into like the Old Testament, people who had a past, but as well as a present. I mean, look at David. Like, you know, he was anointed to be king over Israel, and yet he was still having his best friend murdered. He was still having a baby with his best friend's wife. You know, he was still doing all this stuff while still being mm -hmm. king. Like, there, there's all these examples of like, well, if you're a Christian, you have to have the squeaky, perfect past. And like, you have to be perfect in, in a sense. But here's the thing. What scripture tells us is completely contradictory to what people believe in the church. Exactly. Because scripture says, like, hey, you're dirty, filthy, stinking rags to me. I mean, if you want to go with the literal translation, it's like, hey, you're menstrual pads to me before you come yeah, to Yeah, exactly. So no one has, has the right to be like, well, I'm better than you because I didn't do A, B, or C. Exactly. You know, the thing is, that they, like you say, they label it A, B, and C, but also, you know, there is D through Z that people are guilty <laughs> of, but... That's the stuff they keep in their own personal closet, and that's okay because it's them. Mm -hmm. And God forbid you bring up their past while they're trying to to ridicule you for yours, but the same Bible that they're trying to thump, and, and the majority of the time, the same Bible that pe people are trying to preach to people, they don't even read it, let alone believe it. But the same Bible that they're trying to throw at people, they forget that what's in there. You know, judge not lest you be judged because the same measure of judgment that you use will be used against you. 
don't look at the speck in somebody else's eye when you have a plank in your eye. Like it's, exactly. Now I get that there, there's well, a yeah. there's a fine line of there, yeah there is that line of reproval and rebuke and correction. There is that, but people get that confused with judge, jury, and executioner. Exactly. And that's the problem. Uh, one of the one of the issues I've uh, seen most is uh, come from people that do read the Bible, but it's it's almost like they have a bag of checks mixed. They pull out the scriptures that fit their needs for their argument for that time, and they apply that without looking at what comes before or after. You know, to see, as you said, you know, they have a plank in their eye while telling me about the speck in mine. That, and it, it's, it's, it's getting, there's actually a book I'm reading right now. It's called Scandalous Grace. It talks about who deserves grace and who doesn't. Uh, Which is how bad someone. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh, what he's done is way too bad. You know, he deserves. No, that's that there's no biblical sense behind that, but that seems to be the running theme in most churches or congregations nowadays is if your past is too bad, you don't deserve the grace that God gives. And uh, I'm sorry, you know, if you look back at the complete, uh, you can look through the, old, the entire Old Testament and grace is there. It's not, it's not a New mm -hmm. Testament concept. Grace has been there through the Old Testament as well. You know, uh, the, the root word in Greek was charis, which was a gift. Mm -hmm. And what, uh, what Jesus did was he, he gutted charis. He and the disciples gutted that. And, with, and what they made out of charis, what they made grace is a gift for everyone. It's there. There are no, you know, the church wants to, they want to put a leash. It's like a chapter in that book called uh, grace leashed. They want to put a leash on it and they want to control the applications of grace by their standard, what they see it needs to be. And you, you cannot do that. Grace, it, it runs wild and it seeks out. The nastiest, the dirtiest, the most vile of people to target as a recipient. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, it's, it all goes at, back to I, what the grace is definition. Exactly. Like grace's definition is just un unmerited favor, God's unmerited favor towards us. Like that's what grace is. And, and people in the church, try to make others jump through hoops and bend over backwards to try to earn grace that they were already freely given. So what's the point? Exactly. And some, something, something, uh, bringing that up, it just comes to my mind. Something you and I have talked about so many times in the past is everyone wants grace, but no one wants to give it. Yeah. I want you to forgive me for what I've done to you, but yeah, no, you don't need forgiveness for the much, much lesser thing that you've done to me. You know, it doesn't work that way. Ugh. 
we should give grace as freely as it was given to us by our Father in heaven. Mm-hmm. Here's what I've noticed about people in, in the church. Um, they have dementia. But they, 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 they have dementia when, when it comes to their past. They have dementia when, when it comes to all these things. But here's what people don't realize when when they're bringing up someone's past or, or trying to use someone's past again, the only thing they're doing is killing their self-esteem, the other person's self-esteem. They're making them feel inferior when it comes to their walk with God. They, they have no self-confidence yep. whatsoever because, because they're like, well, you know, if, if this person who is a more seasoned, more mature Christian than me is telling me that, you know, God can't use me because of ABC, your, your self-confidence in, in what you can do, is going to be absolute zero. There's going exactly. to be a, there's going to be a, an unhealthy fear there, an unhealthy fear of God. Now we both know that you know there is a healthy fear of God, but there's going to be that unhealthy fear, and then, right. Not only not only not only those things, but eventually they will slide into depression, hopelessness. Uh, God forbid, you know, suicidal thoughts or, or guilt and shame. Like, there's a lot that people don't realize that they're putting on people that shouldn't be put there to begin with. When when they came to God through, by faith through grace, all that was erased. All the past is gone anyway, according to God. Now, if people want to sit on a high horse and sit in the judgment seat and say, well, I'm holier than thou, so your past matters to me, but it doesn't matter to God, I can't reconcile that. No, there, there is actually no way for that to be reconciled, period. Mm-mm. It's like part of me thinks people do that to try to have control over somebody. Right. You see it a lot in, in charismatic churches. Okay. Been there, done that, had my fill of it. You see it in charismatic churches. People will emotionally manipulate someone to the point to where they feel worthless so that they can, the, per, the person tries to gain control over them so that they become what they want them to be. Right, exactly. And it's just not healthy. I mean, everyone does have a past. And there are steps that needs, needs to need to happen to kind of recover from it because I mean I mean let's face it we've all done things we're not proud of I have oh yes I don't I don't think I have enough cloud storage on a podcast to let you know what I've done that I'm that I'm ashamed of and that I regret (laughs) no there's you know uh, like John said you know every miracle Jesus performed was recorded the world itself couldn't contain the books it would take take to write you know it's pretty much the same thing with the things i've done i'm not proud of mm-hmm. because you know and paul said we are to crucify ourselves daily die to self daily and that's that's what we have to do because each day you know paul's again paul said uh, romans chapter seven it's a war of the flesh versus spirit Things I should do, I don't. The things I shouldn't be doing, that's what I'm excelling at doing. And 
So, yeah, we all have a past and we all have a present. Oh, yeah, Romans 7 that, is that's like for the person with the past. And if we look at people based on their past, Jesus wouldn't, wouldn't have been able to use anybody. God wouldn't have been able to use anybody, Old Testament, New Testament, and now, if it was solely based on the past. Right. I've actually, I've had encounters before where people ask me, how dare I preach the oh, gospel? Yeah. How <laughs> dare I? Because, I, yeah, I've got a past. Hey, like I said, so did Saul. Uh, so, did, so did Peter. So did James. John. Every one of them. But you know what? My question is, who is a person? Whoever it is, who is a person to tell me I'm qualified to answer the call that God himself puts on my life. That's the thing. Like we, we put more qualifications and more standards on people than what the Bible puts on us. And there's no point. It almost, that's what we were talking about when we were getting ready for this, you know, the modern Sanhedrin. You know, they they mm -hmm. they have their standards that they set. And unless you were born into, specifically schooled in and brought up in that lifestyle, in that role, you didn't do it. And, yeah. you know, Jesus talked about the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector praying at the wall. And the contrast and prayers from both people. The Pharisee was so thankful that he was not like the tax collector and the tax collector just, he wouldn't even look up. He just, he begged for mercy because he knew who he was. Mm -hmm. You can, you can kind of go deeper than that with the other parable that Jesus taught. He said, Hey, there was a Samaritan on the side of the road who got beaten half to death. A priest walked by him. Like, the priest walked it happens. by him. The, the, the Christian walked by him. I mean, when it when it comes to putting more on people than, than what the word says, that, that 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 that's a whole different issue when it comes to the church is adding to what God has already said in His Word. But when we start to add add things to people that they have to do in order to become saved or to become righteous. We're just becoming modern day Pharisees. Yep. That was just, we talked about it. You know, the only thing they did was trade in the fancy robes for a suit and tie. Mm -hmm. And when, when it comes to, you know, the Christian and their past, instead of damning it, why don't we celebrate it? Because that's where you were and look what God made you into now. Oh, nice. I like that. Yeah. Instead of treating someone you know lower than dirt because they've done some things, why don't we use that as a testimony? I mean, you used to say it all the time. Like there, there used to be tes uh, all... like, testimony services. And now it's just like, mm, don't share that because it might offend somebody. Yeah. And we all, we're always praying, you know, somebody turn their test into a testimony. 
Well, once it all passes and well, we don't want to hear about the test anymore, we don't want to hear about that. Why? That is what glorifies God. That was what was, you know, Jesus made all things new. I couldn't, Paul tell, you said, how many, sorry, I, I, I couldn't tell you how many like, like churches I've been to was like, hey, don't mention your drug addiction that you went through. Don't mention your alcoholism that you went through. Don't mention your your depression or your suicide. Don't mention that stuff. Just say, you know, yeah, you were a sinner, but God changed your life. He turned it around. He cleaned you up. I'm like, there's no power in that. No, there isn't. It's it's an umbrella. Mm-hmm. Oh, when I say an umbrella, I'm not talking about, you know, put over your head when it rains. That That's a generalized term for... Keep it PG. This. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, Jesus wasn't PG. No. He got his hands dirty. He went in there. He sat with the sinners. He sat with the publicans, the tax collectors. He called the tax collectors or mm-hmm. a tax collector. Yeah. The, the dirty, filthy mouth sailor fisherman. Yeah. <laughs> The, the the good thing about a testimony is that it shows that one God's still real. Yep. He's still active. He answers prayers. He still transforms. He still regenerates. He still justifies. He still sanctifies. Like everything that people are trying to do away with when it comes to God or when it comes to church, they're trying to do away with the one thing that's actually going to bring people in. Because if, I'm going to use me again as an example. If I never mentioned that I had a drug problem or an alcohol problem, what's the drug addict or the alcoholic? Where's their hope? You know, exactly. Like, it's like, can this really change? Like, and when it comes to like the depression and, you know, suicide attempts and things like that, again, people are going to be wondering like, well, if I'm supposed to love God and he's going to change my life, why am I not hearing stories of people being changed? Exactly. Like you, you have to present first, you know, first and foremost, we have to present the gospel because the gospel is the power of salvation. It's not the testimony that saves people. It is the gospel, but the testimony is a good pillar. You know, the gospel is the foundation. Testimony is the pillar. And if we build it right, we will see people saved. We, we won't see people running from the church because the church is too afraid to tackle these issues or tackle these questions. And if you're exactly. one of those, if you're one of those that are like, oh, you shouldn't associate with that person or this person because they used to do this or used to do that, but now they're in church sitting on the same row as me, don't have anything to do with them. I need you to um, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yes. And, and I need you to, like Revelation tells us to do, um, go back and, and do your first works over again because you are failing. Yep. And it's not just failing, it's failing miserably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we wonder, like, well, what lines with the church making disciples anymore? Because no one wants to do it. No one wants to get outside of their self and help somebody else. Because God forbid think, they be associated with somebody who used to do something. You know, what was it? I guess it was Sunday. Yes, it was Sunday. I stopped in the store here. 
in town and uh I walked in, I knew there was a guy on a coming out, I knew there was a guy in the car parked beside us, and it's just one of those you you, you know the look. You can tell the detox, the I'm still high, but I'm coming down. You can tell the look. I've been there, done that. And I, <laughs> I, I got, you know, back in the car and Brandy looks over to me. She says, Chris, you need to go pray with that person. I looked over again. I'm seeing this. I think maybe I don't want to. I'm not feeling comfortable about that. You talk about the instantaneous conviction. That's because what we need, I though. uttered, I uttered those words that you and I have talked about so many times. Getting out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to get out of my comfort zone. I knew, I knew what I was going to get, but nope. God wanted me out of that car. He wanted me over there. And my wife was the instrument to introduce this to me because she listens. Mm-hmm. I need to listen to her more often, but she listens. And I, I like I said, I think Brandy was telling you about it. Uh, we spent a good almost half hour, you know, ministering to this guy, talking to him. And, you know, we planted just, copious amounts of seeds and added water, you know, told him where to go, how he could, how he could continue to learn. Cause mm-hmm. one, the one thing he said to me that really resounded was now I'm a firm believer in God. And my first, I didn't say it. My thumb I mean, in my head, I'm thinking, so were the demons. They're firm, but they have no respect right. for, but they're firm <laughs> believers. So I'm, I knew we had to literally dig a little bit deeper with this guy, but you know what? This guy has a past. He was, he, he told me flat out. He just had left a methadone clinic. He was on his way down, but who's to say before he hit rock bottom, the seeds that we planted didn't take root and God caught him. Right. Here's a question. I know where I sent him. I know the pastor I sent him to. He'll be accepted. He'll be welcomed on the spot. But taking that church out of the equation, how many churches in this area, not just here in Huntsville or there in Gunnersville, how many churches in this area would welcome that person walking through looking for more information? Well, do you want my honest answer? That's what we're here for. Let's do this. (laughs) Because I think I know what it is, but probably every single one of them just to keep up appearances, but they would never follow up with them after that. Uh, that yeah. Now look at you running down the road ahead of me. That's exactly where <laughs> I was going. <laughs> and I, no, well, let me back up. I know, I know in Huntsville, I, like, and, and, and Gunner, I know this whole area, Like, there is some really good preachers and there are some really good churches. Uh, like the one you send them to you know, biblically sound, doctrinally sound, I, there's a bunch of them around here, but they're not in the majority. No, it's kind of like us. We're not in the majority because, you know, we're just like, oh, just like Dustin, like us, you know, you preach the true gospel. You're liable to be vilified by the church for doing so. We're in the minority because we do preach that true gospel, that that mm-hmm. grace that we were talking about earlier. We we teach that grace and that's that's not a 
Nah, it's not a popular thing to do nowadays. Grace? Grace, it, it, it is popular. But it's been... It's been overly hopped. It's been slapped it's, on everything there is. And it's, 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 it's lost grace, its... Grace, 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 grace. But no... But in order to keep the, the church's numbers up, in order to say we this many people got saved this year, this many people got baptized this year. They have a hard time dealing with that sin issue. Yeah. Which goes back to, you know, judging people for their past. People have a hard time with the sin issue. I think the reason that issue is there is because it's not being taught. And here's my question. Exactly. Like, if we're not teaching on sin, if we're not teaching on hell, if we're not teaching on the consequences, if we're not giving the whole counsel of God, doing the whole counsel of the word, what are people being saved from? That if, if almost they, if, touches. If they don't know what sin is, if they don't know what they've done, what are they being saved from? You know, it almost, like I said, almost touches on that thing uh, we've, Oh, talked about, taught on. And well, let's just be honest. We've complained. Complained is what we call that. Love them and leave them. Yep. You know, that's the next step in the line is they're saving people or they're getting people saved, but the people don't know what they're saved from. Then all of a yep. sudden, this this person, these people, you know, were here and they were telling me this and that. I don't know where they are now. And they don't see them, and there is no follow up. So it's you know you're you're hitting on a good topic there with the whole council because mm -hmm. it's it's really not being exercised like it like it truly should be. Right. It's I blame. Okay, honestly, I, I blame mega churches because mega churches ha have created this seeker-friendly movement to where they don't want to offend anybody, they don't want to mention sin, they don't want to mention hell, they don't want to mention anything that's going to make people. I'm sick of Joel Osteen churches and Joel Osteen theology because that doesn't save anybody; it just sends more people to hell in a more comfortable position. Yeah, well, see, the fact is, like any roller coaster you get on, any merry-go-round, the ride will end. Mm -hmm. so no matter how comfortable that ride is, it's going to end, and it's not going to end well. No. So what? So what, we, uh, what? What do you think is the the major factor of people looking down their nose at people because of what they what the other person has done? Like why why do you think that factors in so much in in, in Christianity? I think most of that's going to come down to. It's either a lack of knowledge or an ignoring of the knowledge that we are not righteous on our own, that Jesus Christ is our righteousness. Somewhere along the way, that line has been blurred to where they think, oh, I'm saved, so I am righteous. There, there is scripture that says, you know, through Jesus Christ, we are the righteousness of God mm -hmm. through Jesus Christ. Yeah, not through he, Chris. <laughs> right. So I think I think it's either it's a lack of knowledge, a misunderstanding of knowledge, or just complete 
I don't want to see that. It doesn't fit my agenda of the knowledge that we are not righteous, not on our own. You know, Paul said, there's no good in me. Yeah. And there's not. To, to kind of piggyback on that, like my thoughts on it, like why is it so prevalent is it's a shame issue. They're so ashamed of their self that they're going to project it onto somebody else and make them feel worse than what they feel like. It's the same thing with bullying. You know, why do people bully? Because the one who is doing the bullying is miserable. True. And, and, Very and, true. and ultimately, that, that's all it is, is that you got a bunch of Christians sitting in a pews who are bullying younger Christians because they can't get over what they've done. Or Exactly. Or they can get over it, and then they become jealous because the one who is newer to the faith has a better relationship with God than they ever did in 40 years. Oh, yes, that's true, too. I do like that. Uh, that's a very good way of putting that. So I, th I think it boils down to control, shame, and jealousy. Exactly. And... The only way to move past that as, 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 as the church and as believers, because here's the thing, like it doesn't just affect church life. It affects your whole life. It's going to affect your relationships. It's going to affect your, your marriage, your relationship with your, your kids, your, your job, how you treat people. Like judging people based on what they've done, it, it doesn't stop in the pew. It's going to carry over throughout the week. Right. And you've got Christians who are supposed to have the joy of the Lord in their heart and, and the joy of salvation within them. And they're supposed to be radiating this, this spiritual fruit and radiating, you know, the love of God, but they can't because they're so bitter towards their self. Right. So they're going to lash out and they're going to take it out on everybody else around them, whether it be at work, whether it be at home, whether it be at, at school or, or church. And I can say that with a hundred percent confidence because I've done it and I've been there. Yep. I, I was that bitter person who was taking it out on everybody else. I was that overzealous Pharisee. I've been there. I know. But what changed all of that was the fact that I stopped letting someone read the Bible to me and I read it for myself. Yep. I stopped listening to preachers. I stopped, I stopped listening to, well, back when, when I first got saved, podcasts and stuff really wasn't a thing. But um, I stopped listening to TV preachers. I stopped listening to you know my pastor. I stopped. I stopped listening to all these other people telling me what God says. Instead, I opened it up for myself, and I was like, "Oh, this is what God says. God says that my sins are forgiven. That my past is forgiven. That I am a new creation in Christ. Now that I have come to Him." And once that realization hit, my bitterness turned into joy yep and here's the thing like before we come to god 
before we're saved, our consciences are are dull, and we are our conscience kind of becomes desensitized to to our sin. So what we did before we came to Christ doesn't really bother us. You know, so like our immoral decisions, our unrighteous behavior, we didn't have a problem with it. But now that we're saved, we have these issues that we have to work out within ourselves, whether it be past sin, past trauma, abuse, you know, whatever it is, we have to address that eventually in order to move forward in our faith. Right. So what, how do you think as, as believers, we can move forward? Actually, that's, uh, that can be a sticky, but to really wrap it down to a nutshell without the sticky, without the in-depth discussions, really it's, it's a, it's a focus on self. Because yep. ultimately in, and ultimately in the end, no one can answer for your sins except for you. You know, we're to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. It's got to be a focus on self to please our Father in Heaven, to serve Him, to follow Him. Because mm-hmm. if we're doing it right, if we follow Him step by step, day by day, we're not going to walk alone because in theory, if I'm doing it and you're doing it, hey, we're walking together. We got this right down the middle. Yeah. I'm I'm not going to look over and say, hey, you need to take this step. You need to walk like as long as you're walking forward and you're in the scriptures and you're doing it right, just because I'm doing it differently doesn't mean I'm right or you're right. You know, if you walk in a spring step and I've got a old man trudgy pace going on, but we're walking the same path. Hey, guess what? We're doing it together. Focus on self. And that, that, that's kind of what, what I would say, too, is I'm, I'm going to get into sticky, okay? I figured I'd leave that for you. <laughs> <laughs> the, the sticky is, is ultimately turning away from idols, and the idol is yourself. You know, yeah. We, we have to rid ourselves of any kind of idol. It, it could be ourself. It could be, I mean, honestly, we can make an idol of our sin. If we focus on it more than we focus on, mm-hmm. you know, the work and the business that God has us attending to, then we have then idolized that sin. Yep. Even though of... the effort is, go ahead. Even though the effort is to get rid of it, you know, that becomes our focus, and yeah, because like, uh... of that sin, <laughs> good. <laughs> that sin was taken care of you know that was all that was done on the cross when Jesus said it is finished mm-hmm. you know that sin was taken care of then let God do what God does he forgives the sin he removes it you know when he says as far as east from west you know we've talked about that before you start at the north pole and you start walking south yeah. eventually that compass is going to swing back north but you start mm-hmm. walking east, that compass will always point east. I mean, it's just there is an infinite distance. Yeah. And when he 
but you know, you got, let God take care of the sin. You focus on God. Cause I, th I think, uh, I think I've heard you preach uh, several times and mention thou shalt have no gods before me, wherever your focus is, that becomes what your God, your God. And as so, believers, yeah, uh, right here, Yep. Romans 8, there you 1, go. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Absolutely. And when it comes to idols, again, Paul writes, like, um, it's 1 Thessalonians 1 9 says, You turn to God from the idols to serve a living and true God. So idols, yep. idols are, are lifeless images or, or objects or, or whatever. I mean, Let's just be real. Some people have made an idol out of Jesus. And what I mean by that. <laughs> yeah. What I mean by that is they have made up a Jesus in their mind that is not the biblical Jesus. Exactly. Exactly. They have made an idol. Replicated from Jesus, but it fits what they want. There you go. That's what I was about to say. If it's their agenda instead of a biblical truth. Mm -hmm. Besides idols, we, this is the hard part. This is the sanctification process. Besides idol, we have to get rid of everything that is unclean, unrighteous, evil out of our life. Like we have to. If that means you got to cut mm -hmm. people out of your, if you got to cut people out of your life, cut them out of your life. And in Acts nineteen, Paul he was he was preaching the gospel to the people in the city of Ephesus, and verses nineteen and twenty really gives an account of of what what the people did after they believed in Jesus. And verses nineteen and twenty said, and full number of those who practice magic brought this before I counted the price of them and found it to be 50,000 pieces of silver. Thus the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. So when these, when, when the people of Ephesus heard the gospel of Jesus, what did they do? They didn't keep everything of the old man. They got rid of it. They burned it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and kind of go back to an Old Testament story when God freed the children of, of, of Egypt, or Israel from Egypt, what did they do when they went in the wilderness? They went back to their idols. Yep. They told Aaron, like, hey, Moses is taking too long up on that mountain talking to God, but we're, we're getting kind of bored and we're getting kind of antsy, so can you make us a golden calf? Yep. Like, we, ha we have to rid ourselves of these things, and whether it be people... Uh, things, books, music, TV, you know, whatever it is, like some, we have to make that conscious decision of I'm, I'm literally going to do what the word of God says and I'm going to die to my old self. I'm not, I'm not going to intentionally keep things in my life that is going to keep feeding my flesh because whatever I feed, that's, what's going to grow. Exactly. So we have to put off that, that former life. Like, like Ephesians 4.22 says, that, that we put off as regards of your former manner of life, the old man which is being corrupted according to the lust of deceit. We have to take it off. 
Mm-hmm. You can't expect to yes, live. We can't. We can't expect to live as a new creation in Christ while doing the same old things. Exactly. And 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 no matter what, we have to realize that there is new life inside of us. No matter what is going on outside of us, no matter what other people are saying, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, right? I know it's talking about Satan, but greater is the God that is in me than people's opinions of me. I was going to sneeze at you there for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, that's that's a verse that it, it has so many applications that people just they want to read it and they they want to look at it and say I can take on this because he's greater than me. Mm-hmm. But to really break down greater is he who is within, within me than he who's within the world. What does the world contain? That it's the what. It's mm-hmm. it's it's pretty much an open-ended fill in the blank. Yeah. People have got to stop limiting or trying to encapsulate God and his abilities and let it flow. Yeah. So ultimately, yes, you know, everybody Everybody does. No one's perfect. Because if you were perfect, you wouldn't need Jesus to begin with. Exactly. But as, you know, as believers, like said, we got to move past that. And it does. It boils out, like I said, no person, no human, regardless of what they do, what position they hold, how long they've been a believer, what excursions they've took. No one has the authority to tell you or me or anyone you shouldn't be doing this because you in the past. Hey, guess what? That was in the past. Mm-hmm. This is now. This now. is January 4th, 2023. Yesterday was in the past. I'm moving forward from now. Now, the only way someone has the right to step up and say something like that is if they are they are presently doing it, but like like scripture says, there has to be witnesses. It can't just be he said she said type stuff. Because what if what if person A has a problem with person B, so they're going to say that person A is doing all of this stuff so they can destroy person B? Don't do it out of malice, but do it out right. of do it out of okay, you're doing this, this, and this. You shouldn't be, you know, like you shouldn't be preaching or you shouldn't be teaching or you shouldn't be doing this while you're doing this. So why don't you take a season to kind of step back a little bit so that you can get yourself better before you step into that teaching or preaching or, or whatever role that you're in. Like there, there, right. there, has, there has to be healthy reproval and rebuke, but there has to be witnesses there to prove the statement. Right, and as we, you know, we, we've tagged on it a lot tonight, but again, that same token, like you said, take some time, take a step back. You know, there has to be that grace extended as well. 
because mm-hmm. otherwise it's condemnation and going back again, like you said, in Romans 8, 1, there is now no condemnation. You know, if Jesus does not condemn us, who is any given person to condemn us? Right. Like I said, they have witnesses and, you know, there is unless, no argument really. Yeah, like unless you're like actively doing it and there is proof there. Yeah. I'd I say the best example of that, and I, I know it's kind of controversial given the, the climate now, but the best example of that happened a couple months ago. And it was when when Matt Chandler stepped down from his church from being a pastor because of some conversations he was having with somebody else in the congregation that his wife knew about and the woman who he, is, he was having the conversation with, her husband knew about it and neither one of their spouses had a problem with it, saw an issue with it, but somebody in the church had in Matt Chandler he did the right thing. He, he took that step back for a little while, reevaluated, reassessed, cleaned up, went right back into it. I think last month he, he stepped back into his pastor role. But there's healthy ways to do it. Exactly. Again, if you're actively doing it, but if it is something that is in the past, let it go. The only way it should be brought Absolutely. up. The only way it should be brought up is if you are doing evangelism, doing discipleship, uh, witnessing. Well, that is the only time a past should be brought up in, in the church and, yep. and with, with, with the fellowship of believers. That is the only time it should be brought up. And it should be brought up as a evangelism or a discipleship tool. Exactly. Unless, well, th- this is kind of like the, the in brackets part, the parentheses unless their past sin has something to do with abusive kids. Then, yeah, it might be an issue. <laughs> like maybe if, if their past involved abusive kids, maybe they shouldn't be in kids' ministry. Exactly. And again, yeah, like Brandy said, you know, that, that produces temptation, but, mm-hmm. you know, that still comes in more of a precautionary point than a scriptural. Yeah. But that's more of a, that, that, that is an accountability issue. There you go. That's what I was looking for. It ran away from me. And that is something we could do a whole podcast episode on accountability because that is something that is severely lacking in the church. <laughs> oh yes. indeed. <laughs> I think this was a good episode. All right. Yes, it was. I, th- I think uh, I think accountability is uh, pretty near in the future, going down the road here. Yeah, I, th- I think it'll be within the first ten episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's it for this episode of Reform Life and Church podcast. Don't forget, you can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at Reform Life and Church podcast. Uh, my name is Eric Madden. I'm the pastor of Turning Point Church in Gunnersville, Alabama. You can find us there. Um, if you want, if if you're in the area and you're looking for a church, this is. And I'm Chris Goins. I'm the associate pastor of Turning Point Church, and we would love to see you come out and worship with us. Uh, if you have questions, hit us up. Uh, Eric has all the contact info, and don't be shy about your questions because we're not going to sugarcoat the answers. Yeah. 
And if you're listening and, and if you have a topic that you would like to hear discussed, uh, send us an email at Reform Life and Church Podcast at gmail.com. We'll check it out. We'll look it over and see where it goes. Sounds good. But till next time, guys. Thank you.